Welcome to Contracting Conversations. My name is Scott Williams, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Valley. Today, we are continuing our discussion with Ron DeMoss, who's Professor of Software Engineering and an Agile coach at DU, as well as a lead for AI research. And this is the second part of a series we're going to be doing with Rhonda that Jim and I are really excited about. So, Rhonda, welcome back for part two. Thank you, Scott and Jim. Glad to be here. Well, you're welcome. We're so excited to have you again. Uh, on the last episode, we talked a little bit about what AI is. Uh, and this one, we'll start off by talking a little bit more about that if you want to expand it and then get into the differences between fundamental and applied AI. Ooh, great topic. Okay, well, what we said on the last episode is I like to think of AI as it's just software, right? It's advanced software that runs on advanced hardware and that uses a lot of data. So at its, you know, foundation, it's still software. So everything we do today for contracting for software and software acquisition, modern software acquisition, right, where we're thinking about agile, contracting for agile, those kinds of things, they're all in play for AI at the foundation. So it's software. Before we get into the types of AI, it does make sense to talk about fundamental AI versus applied AI. And these terms aren't great. They're NIST terms. But we have a problem in AI where when we start talking about it, whether we're you know on an acquisition program or we're working on our act strategy, there's always seems to be this need to level set everybody in the room or in the conversation on what type of AI are we talking about, fundamental AI or applied AI? So applied AI is what everyone wants to talk about, and that's where we use AI to help us solve a problem, right? So in the con world, it might be using AI to improve the contract management process or to improve the contract creation process, right? AI for contracting. Think of it like that. Fundamental AI is really more where we are acquiring AI. What do we need to do in order to perform some function of the acquisition system in order to bring in an AI-enabled system, whether we're buying it, borrowing it, building it, right? So market research for AI, contracting for AI, program management for AI, engineering for AI, testing for AI, and sustainment for AI would be fundamental AI topics. So, it, okay, why do we care? Because a lot of times we'll start talking about fundamental AI and we'll slip into the more exciting applied AI. So I thought I would level set your audience and it happens every day at DAU. We'll get a call for a mission assistance. Hey, I want DAU to come to my PEO all hands and speak about AI. Okay, what do you wanna know about AI? And usually, instead of fundamental AI, which is how do I acquire it, what does your group need to worry about when they're buying an AI-enabled system, for instance? They'll say, we want to know how AI can supercharge our product, right? What we're building in our program or what we're about to build. And we can help with that part a little bit, right? We can tell you what's going on. But if you replace the word AI with the word software and you say, Someone calls and says, we want DAU to tell us how software can help us create a better virtual training system. For instance, you know, we can help with that and we can tell you what we think's going on, but we don't usually do too much of that. But if you say, 
we want DAU to come in and tell us what we have to worry about because now we're buying and building an AI-enabled system. That's the part where we can help with more. So this series is going to spend, I think, most of its time on fundamental AI for the con world, which is what do you need to worry about when you're contracting for AI? Okay, so that's solved. Fundamental AI versus applied AI. And we have a slide on that that I'll be happy to turn into a PDF because it's good to have it kind of in front of you. You'll, anyone who works with AI will find the need to explain it to people. I was on a call with CDAO two weeks ago and they said, if everyone could just stop talking about applied AI and realize we need to talk about fundamental AI. And I said, you have that problem too. You know, everybody seems to have it. So we'll, we'll put that out there for the con world here and that'll help you keep it straight or help you remind your programs they need to keep it straight. All right, thanks Rhonda. And, and hey, we'll make sure that we put that in the description so there's a link they can go right to. So I know we've talked about this on the side and that is the many types of AI software. So do you wanna talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, okay, so I'm gonna start with it may surprise you to know that there is no one universally agreed to definition of AI. So we'll get to that in a minute, but AI is kind of a buzz, buzzword or a buzz term. And so if you really think about it as this is just advanced software, kind of the next generation of software, uh, you can think about how AI is being used in a way similar to how software is being used, right? We use software for everything. Even the GAO says, Software can be up to 90% of the features of a weapon system. So there are, not surprisingly, many, many, many types of AI software, and there isn't one single agree-to list of the AI domains that exist out there for software. But I'll mention a few. Natural language processing, right? That's where we enable computers to understand, interpret, and generate human language. Right? And so ChatGPT, it's using a lot of natural language processing. It's speaking back to you in what feels to us like great English. You can even ask it to speak in different styles, right? So that it's using natural language processing. Machine learning is, is the hottest form of AI today. And almost every other type of AI or domain of AI is also using machine learning behind the scenes. So a lot of our AI systems are hybrid AI systems. They might be using multiple types of AI in one system along with also traditional software. That's a challenge for con folks, right? So machine learning is where we enable computers to learn from data without being explicitly programmed. We're having machine learning look at very large amounts of data. So ChatGPT, for instance, also uses machine learning. It uses many types of machine learning and it's out there reading books and reading, you know, taking in data from many sources of the world so that it can come back and use natural language processing and have that conversation with you. The third one, a common domain is computer vision. And that's any type of AI that's enabling computers to see, right, imagery. So sensor that we use widely in DOD they're a lot of times taking advantage of computer vision, right? Seeing and interpreting what it sees and helping you analyze the visual world. Object recognition, facial recognition, those types of systems are computer vision systems. 
And by the way, computer vision also uses machine learning behind the scenes. So it's a hybrid AI system. A fourth one is robotics software. Now, not all robotics or autonomous machines have AI in them, but more and more so most of them do. You know, you see assembly lines where they have robotic arms doing the same thing over and over again, and they aren't necessarily using AI to adjust and things like that. But the modern ones probably are. So, okay, how do we do that? How do we use AI to control robotics or to control something autonomous? It's in the software part of the system. Um, so that's software that enables any kind of robotic or autonomous machine to assist humans with minimal intervention. And then we have AI, sometimes it's in expert systems, right? Not always, expert systems, and many of these types of software have been around since the 80s. Expert systems are systems that are very knowledgeable about uh, particular topics, knowledge bases and things like that. So more and more AI is starting to help us with that. And robotics process automation, RPA, something that we heavily use in DOD, particularly in defense business systems. And more and more so, we're starting to use AI to help us enable our RPA systems. And that's where you would just automate functions um, that uh, typically happen in a business cycle, right? So this isn't assembly line and physical robots. This is just automating a process. Um, a, a good ex example might be, we could automate our time card system in DOD so that you enter your time, and then AI, you know, uh, says, hey, a holiday's coming up. Would you like me to put that in for you, right? And we can do more and more of that automation of a process, a business process typically. And so that's RPA. So those six categories, natural language processing, machine learning, computer vision, robotic software, expert systems, and RPA, robotic process automation, are six common domains of AI. And again, there's no single agreed to definition of AI. So um, there are many other types, but those are six types. And you'll often find if you ask a vendor, well, which of these types are you using? And you really look under the hood, they're using multiple of these and almost all of them have some kind of machine learning uh, going on behind the scenes. Well, <laughs> Rhonda, I tell you, wow. Okay. So some of these I think would are probably going to freak some people out, especially when it comes to robotic. We got, you know, the drones program that uh, especially the Air Force and other services are into. And the more independent you make them, the more you kind of concerned that is it going to go off on its own, right? Yes. Uh, the automation part, you know, people, we're going to talk about concerns that contracting people have with AI. And that is, you know, closing out contracts. You know, there is an, there's a process that does that, but could they do more that way? So, because that's a something that most contracting people want nothing to do with, right? They're closing out of contracts. They want to, they got to buy stuff, right? The most current stuff and not worry about closing out contracts. So I find that uh, pretty interesting. So those, those folks out there, you know, we're asking you to please give us your questions and stuff. I'm sure some of those will come out of those that you just talked about. So, uh, yeah, thanks for teeing those up for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this ambiguity around AI, we don't like ambiguous things in the contracting world, right? We, If we have to create a definition of AI, we want a very solid definition. And oftentimes the textbook definitions of AI will be something like, 
um, a computing system that replicates tasks that normally require human intelligence. And so your vendor, they might use a definition like that. And, and it's really, what, what does that mean, right? Does my, my Excel spreadsheet's pretty smart. Does it replicate my, what I would normally do using my intelligence? And the answer is until lately, no, right? Now I will have to qualify that by saying that Microsoft has since put AI into Excel, but let's pretend it hadn't yet and it, we were two years ago. So it's very difficult to tell and, and we don't want vendors, for instance, to drive the definition of AI for us. We have three definitions of AI that are in play right now for DOD. They all three come from different NDAAs and we'll put a, a an AI toolkit item in the references for this session as well. And it shows you the three definitions that come from the DOD AI strategy. That's the one, sorry, that doesn't come from an NDAA. It's our 2018 AI strategy. There's an NDAA from 2019 that has the best and most often used definition of AI. And then there's the National AI Initiative Act from 2020 that was buried in an NDAA. And that also has a third definition. They're all great definitions. They don't contradict each other. So there's no need right now to just pick one of them. So we created a tool for the acquisition workforce to help you kind of navigate this ambiguity. And we'll put it out there in the uh, resources part of this podcast. We also have three other tools since we're on that topic. We have a system intelligence checklist. So if you are part of a team that's buying or doing market research for AI, how do you know if the vendor really has AI in the system, right? You might be at the stage where you can't have your IT people go looking at the bits and bytes of the system. So we have kind of a checklist. It's not a score because I know we we're kind of anti-checklist right now in DOD, but it's just a, here's the things you should look for for your vendor to be saying to what the system should have in it, what it capability should be if there's if AI is present. I think right now there's a statistic out there that billions of dollars every year are spent on systems that where the vendors said they had AI in them because marketers love AI and they didn't. So we wanted to avoid that. And part of our job at DAU is to help you at the market research and contracting stage see through this hype. So we have a DAU AI system intelligence checklist aid as well that we'll put in the resources here. We have an AI glossary, constantly changing, by the way. Um, so if Jim and Scott put a link for you in here, if you come back next week, we might change it, right? So we're updating these quite a bit. And the last tool we have is a statute policy and guidance tracker. And this is important for contracting professionals as well. Because we don't have a lot of good guidance yet in DOD, and most of the agencies don't, we constantly scan the environment to create kind of what's coming down the pike. Okay, maybe DOD doesn't have a document on something for AI, but perhaps the intelligence community does or DHS does. And so we go out and pull their documents and bring them into this statute policy and guidance tracker. So to help navigate that ambiguity, we have some a an AI toolkit that's constantly changing and growing that we will put in the resources for you. All right, great. Thanks, Rhonda. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rhonda. That's going to be some really good information. And as Rhonda explained, we'll have those links for you here. Rhonda, a couple of questions that we hear often, Jim and I hear often, questions and concerns about AI is, the first one is, how will AI impact my job? And to follow up with it to more 
focus on contracting is how can AI help me be a better contracting officer or help me streamline this process? Yeah, great question. And that's an applied AI question, right? How can AI be applied to the contracting process to make my life easier or to for have us to create a better product experience for the warfighter? The answer is a little muddy though. So there are many ways that can probably help you. I'll start with one that I know of. I worked with a Navy program as their agile coach for a while and they were replacing, they still they still are, their e-procurement system. So they were buying software that will help them better contract, right? It helps them manage contracts, it helps them write contracts. And when we first started, I said, hey, have you checked in with your vendor to understand if there's any AI in the system? Are they using AI at all to help you better manage contracts or write contracts? And they said, well, no, they're not now, but they have a roadmap for it. And so one of the hottest areas of applied AI is AI used by the legal and contracting community outside of DOD, right? To help with this massive data problem, right? I don't know if any of you have ever worked on a project where you're helping with contract management, but I used to do that in the private sector. We would have to go through all our contracts and, and find all the contracts that had X or Y, right? So you could potentially apply AI. You could buy software. You probably wouldn't do it yourself that will look through your contract database and potentially highlight every contract that has X or Y issue, right? Let's say you've written some contracts in the past and now you're worried. How is this contract going to handle this? Or, 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 you know, we know we wrote some bad, probably data contracts before we were smart enough to do it better. Let's go mine through them all and have AI tell us where it might see issues. So that's an example. Um, you can use regular software to look through your contract database to tell you, let's say, which ones are going to expire within the next six months. You don't need AI for that. And and by the way, a rule of thumb is don't use AI where traditional software will do the job because AI comes with overhead. But if you want it to really look out there across things and tell you uh, things you maybe don't see, you don't know about your your contract database, AI can be used for that. And it is being used by vendors. Another thing you can do is you can have AI help streamline the contracting process. So similar to what I said about robotics process automation, where you can apply it to a defense business system, AI-enabled RPA systems can help you with different phases of your contract project. And I don't know if you have specific questions right now, Jim and Scott, about that, but I think we have an episode coming up in the future on how really can we apply AI to help the contracting process. So maybe we should save them for, for that part. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. And also, I think a great question is that we hear is, hey, will this replace me? Meaning, am I going to be basically moved to a different job because AI has taken over contracting? Ooh, great question. So firstly, I'll say I don't think that's ever going to happen. But what the guidance is, because there are a lot of people in the world concerned about AI replacing jobs, even if you're looking at world economies or country economies, you know, what's going to happen to the people of a country where, you know, their major industry is something that AI is likely to replace, right? So that conversation is happening. And the guidance really is that AI is most likely to replace tasks 
that are repetitive or routine. So very similar to software, you know, whoever it was that sat in an audit department and wrote down numbers in a ledger and added them all up at night or performed whatever math routines, that person got replaced by spreadsheets back in the day. Um, now, hopefully that person went on to do other things. By the way, I did that as an intern job in, uh, out of high school. And I was doing it because they're bringing in a computer system. They're comparing what I did by hand to the computer system back when computers were first starting to do this. So I was fine with it. It was a laborious job and I was happy to move on to something else. And I think that's probably the best way to look at it. The other suggestion is that, you know, we always need a human in the loop. So if any of you have ever used ChatGPT, or Bing chat or Bard or any of the fun tools that we're all hearing about. And I know we've already surveyed over 50% of people even working in DAU are using it on a daily or weekly basis to help them do their job better. You know that if you go out there, if you choose to use it for let's say market research, you can't necessarily trust everything that comes back, just like you couldn't necessarily trust everything that would come back from a search in your browser. So you're the human in the loop. We still need the brains and the conscious and the logic of what the humans are doing. So in DOD, we don't want this to replace humans. We want to free the humans up to do higher order work. And that's something that DOD has come out strong saying. So hopefully what AI replaces is the part of your job you don't really like anyway. And the, and frees you up to go do some of the, you know, brainier stuff that hopefully humans enjoy more. And as you know, uh, DOD, and I think it's throughout, uh, federal workforce, we just have trouble getting enough contracting people. So guess what? This is going to help alleviate some of that pressure of trying to bring in the numbers that we need to, to perform the jobs that we have out there. So. Before we leave, because uh, we need to end this uh, podcast here pretty soon, is there anything else you want to add for this one or to kind of push to the next podcast? No, I think I, I love your point, though, about helping us with the fact that we don't have enough contracting officers. We should start some sort of project on that somewhere in DOD. But yeah, I think that's good for today. All right. Sounds good. So thank you for coming on and we look forward to the rest of the series. So that is all for today. I appreciate for all of you guys listening out there. If you could go to DAU Media or Apple Podcasts or YouTube and please subscribe. And if you like the video series that we got going on here, press like because that really does help with the algorithms with Apple and with YouTube. So we are look forward to seeing you next time and looking forward to having future contracting conversations with you.